0: Hi, and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Hi, Susan Jarvis. It is fantastic to have you on this show as my guest. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Uh, you're welcome, Jules, and thank you very much for the invitation.
0: Oh, I'm thrilled that you said yes, to be honest. So, we've known each other probably for the last couple of years, I think, when you just started launching your business. So, how about we start with what is it that you do and why do you do it? Tell me all about your business.
1: Well, Jules, I have created the Spicy boudoir yes which is an online sexual wellness store yes. with the aim to provide a tasteful retail experience for people over 50 and people living with a
0: disability I love it. That is just so out there. As I told you at the time, I remember when you first rang me and I was like, Oh my God, that's such a good idea. And that's so weird all at the same time. I've grown up a little bit since then. <laughs> it <laughs> yes, may or may not be because I've discovered sex toys aren't so much, aren't so bad at all, but we're not going to go I'm- into me. This is all about you. No, so I am very proud of you. So tell me, why did you set it up though? I mean, obviously you saw a gap. Why? why how?
1: Okay. Well, initially. I mean, there is a bit of a, a, bit of a story Well, there. luckily,
0: we have a lot of time. So, start at the beginning <laughs> and tell me the whole story.
1: Okay. Well, initially, um, I've always enjoyed sex. Yes. And, well, I'm sorry, I'll take that back. <laughs> For the last 15 years, I've been enjoying my sexuality and it, it really has boosted my confidence. And in the back of my mind, I've always wanted to help other people, particularly women, yep. to embrace their sexuality. Now, uh, a friend of mine approached me one day and said, oh, my um, someone I know is selling their business and it's a party plan business selling adult toys. And she said, you'd be really good at that. And I knew, <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> right, because so I'm immediately
0: your little ears pricked up and you went, ooh, this might be yeah, it you did, know, something actually. meant for me.
1: <laughs> exactly. So I went along and met the person who owned that business and um went through did my research looked at the market and I was caught up with a couple of things that, that stood out one that the business itself was quite um I look I have to say tacky yeah the the imagery well, which isn't
0: hard in that industry is it
1: no it's pretty much the standard though the- I think it is lifting
0: I agree. I think there are women now who got so fed up with the tack of the triple X porn kind of shop that they, probably over the last 15 or 20 years, I reckon there's been women setting up these kind of things, but I don't know anyone that's targeting older people and disabled people. So
1: No, well, that's right. And I did that because when I was doing my research, it became obvious to me very clearly that older people... And people with disability are considered to be asexual by society and by the media and advertising industry. So that's what I want to change. Um, And I felt that people in those markets didn't actually have a retailer focusing on them and their needs. Yeah, so and I mean, probably, I'd,
0: have, I'd have to say over 50, I mean, maybe it's just because I'm over 50, but I like—I don't feel like that's old at all. <laughs> I think we're just really reaching our sexual prime at that age. I know people used to say in our 30s, but I reckon it get—it gets better and better as you get older.
1: <laughs> it does, Jules. Like I'm 53 this year and I've never felt more powerful in my whole life than I do now.
0: And, and what when I think about how
1: I'll be like when I'm 80, I'll be even stronger.
0: Yeah, yeah, when absolutely. I'm so so that was the moment that you decided to start your business. But so what happened mm. from there? So you speak to this person who wants to sell their shop and, and tell me what happened after that.
1: Okay, <laughs> a brain spark. <laughs> I immediately, my gut feeling was t- telling me not to take that business, that I could do something better. Right. And um, the name, the Spicy Boudoir, was just popping into my head constantly. Mm-hmm. And so, the first thing I did was I went and checked the business name register and so forth and the .com and the .com AU. It was all available. So, I took it as a sign that that was meant for me. And so, I grabbed it when I could. Yeah. And then, um, s- still not a 100% convinced that this was the right move because like, My mum is still alive. How do I tell her, oh, mum, I'm going to open up a sex shop? I think
0: that is the most beautiful thing to say because, isn't it funny, you would think at the ripe old age of 53 that you wouldn't really care what your mother thought about it, and especially as you've just said, and I'm own own myself and all the rest of it but we are all like that. Well I am with my mum as well. It's things that you know and I have plenty of friends that might be sneaking a cigarette but they don't want their mother to know or you Yeah. Know. We're still young. We just never really grow out of that in some ways. So yeah. um, okay so she's alive so, and you didn't know how to tell her.
1: No that's right. So so mum wasn't part of my decision making but the woman that I came across and this is someone who's um The turning point in making that decision was I came across Joan Price, who is a senior advocate, senior sex advocate in the US. And Joan is 76 this year, and my mum was, my mum will be 80 this year. Right. And I just, I just felt, well, if Joan can be out there talking about sex, giving demonstrations around, you know, how to use a dental dam and what's, how to have safe sex, then if she can do it, I can set up this business. And so I did. So and, so the um, first thing
0: that I just have to say from that is how surprising, but not really, that another woman has inspired you because I think <laughs> that that's what we do and that's why that, one of the reasons I've set up She's the Boss is to inspire other women who go, oh, there's someone who's a bit like me. So although I don't know that anyone is quite like you, Susan.
1: Oh, so. thank you, Jules. Well, look, <laughs> when you invited me to come on and talk to you, to you, this is really what I also wanted to share is about the – the inspiration, the spark that is lit by the women that you meet, like you've been one of them as well for me. Oh, thank your you. Your own story starting up, Handle Your Own PR. Thank you. Through that GFC and um then all the guidance and help that you've given me and and through the handle your own PR coaching because you know on my first day of business I was in the news. (laughs) Well you
0: were but let's just wind a little bit back because I don't want this to be a big rave about me it's not really this is all about you so Mm. tell me though how I just need to know sort of what happened then so you've got this opportunity that you decided you were going to risk it so how did you how do you actually set it up because you were working full-time at the same time weren't you? That's
1: right um thankfully I had Long service up my sleeve, yeah, and a fair chunk of um, recreation leave. So, I actually went and applied for a personal loan to get some funding, and I took six months leave from work. What is and work, by my... the way?
0: Because I do think that's a bit relevant to why what it is you do.
1: Okay, I, I won't name specifically no. where I'm working, but, the, but the I do industry. have a day job. I work in the public um, health industry. And didn't you say so,
0: to me? So I could be wrong. Is it palliative care?
1: I have worked in the
0: palliative care space, yeah, but I do only as um,
1: administration, not clinical.
0: Yeah, no, I no, I understand that, but I just thought that that was really interesting because when we had first talked, you also said when people are dying, they are also sexual people. You know, That's you right. know, it's well, sexuality. Not, it's, yeah.
1: Yeah. Sorry, we're sexual beings until we die. And um look this is a whole another tangent for another day. But sexuality still continues during that phase yeah. of until death. Yeah. In different forms but it's still there. So that's maybe a conversation for another day, Jules, because I could get really well, caught Yeah, up in that. I know,
0: but I also I guess that sort of to me it sort of made sense that you would start going down seniors, disability and mm. possibly palliative. People in palliative care, but the people that we don't think of as being particularly sexual. Exactly. Exactly. Um, So, uh, for the millionth time, I've interrupted you. Keep going now. So, tell me. (laughs) So, you went and you borrowed some money. Yes,
1: borrowed some money, invested time in uh, researching what structure to go with with my business. Mm -hmm. So, being a first-time entrepreneur, um, certainly had a lot of. I identify with myself. I had a lot of knowledge gaps about how to register a business, how to get your name sorted, uh, finances. Will, will I go as a company? Will I go as a sole trader? Um, what do I need for my website? How to research for my market? How to research the product range and all that? And it was a huge learning journey, which I knew I couldn't do if I was working full-time. And yeah. i take my hat off to any woman who – start up a retail business while holding down a full-time job because
0: yeah, it's no, bloody no. hard. I would say any business almost mm. um, that you do while you're trying to do a full-time job is hard. And, and certainly in my case, I had an agency and I set up Handle Your Own PR on the side and it never really took off until I left the other job. Mm. It just doesn't. But anyway, keep going. So so where were we? So so we borrow- you borrowed some money. You've taken six mm. months off. You've done a whole lot of research and stuff. What do mm-hmm.
1: you do next? Okay. Well, probably the smartest thing I did was find a very good graphic designer who developed my brand logo, which is beautiful. We we met for a good chat, first of all, and I you know talked to her about what my philosophy was around the business, about my values and so forth. And she came back to me with this logo that when I first saw it, Jules, my... Heart did a little lurch. Oh, that's beautiful. So it was that initial gut feeling straight away. And she had um, done her own research and she came back with ginkgo leaves because they represent longevity and resilience, which is when you're an older person or living with a disability, (laughs) two very key crucial elements to life. And, and I just loved it. And so that was, um, probably the most enjoyable component and phase of creating the spicy boudoir was going through that design phase. And I think also and
0: it, once you have a logo, it sort of makes it very real, doesn't it?
1: It does. You just it like, going, okay, I can
0: now I can imagine that on letterhead, uh, you know, like I, I can see a website logo like that. This is, it's exactly. really happening.
1: It takes all those, um, fairy airy gut feelings into something really concrete. So yeah. um so yeah Now that that was probably the best money I ever spent.
0: Right. Um
1: where would you like me to go
0: next? So next <laughs> I'd like to know right so you've got a logo and then what did mm. you do you created a, I, I guess what I'm interested in is not so much the process as some of the things that you've learned because all we're trying to do now is empower other women as well. Okay. So, what have you learned? What happened? That where were the interesting points in your journey towards setting up?
1: Sure. Okay. Well, definitely getting the logo right. Yes. Okay, because that's a big investment, and one of the best pieces of advice I received about um, choosing the right logo was to look at the logo in it as if it was also signage on a business. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So, so my logo will print up beautifully for on the back of a bus, a bus shelter or a sign. I look sometimes at logos with all this, you know, really beautiful uh, scripting fonts that are really artistic, but you can't read them. No. So the, that was, that would be one thing I would um, provide, give as advice. Oh, Jules, you need a glass of champagne.
0: I know I do. I've got a little frog in my throat, but luckily I've got some orange <laughs> juice, which is probably better for oh, me. that's not good.
1: Choosing your um, platform for your e-commerce, I I really, looking back, I regret the amount of money I spent on my website. Right. Okay. Now, I know I've got a good w- website, but I think I could have achieved an equal result had I gone down a different pathway of taking something out of a box, ready to go. They they took okay. my
0: um, platform and they did a lot of changes to it. So, um, Well, that's interesting. That's an interesting insight that in hindsight you reckon the stuff that comes out, are you talking like a WordPress or, or something like well, that where you just yes. need to kind of tweak it as opposed to build the whole thing from scratch? It,
1: yeah, I actually went through a platform that had a theme, ready to go, but the design of the website that, I had developed with my graphic designer, um, required a lot of changes to the theme that was available. Right. And so that's where the money was spent on those developer changes and so forth. Whereas if I had just gone with someone like Shopify or a WordPress platform. Oh, so
0: go for an e commerce platform. Yes. So
1: I, so I do have an e, I am on an e commerce platform here in Australia. um, But because they tweaked it a lot to get it to the way I wanted it to be. Um, in hindsight, I would have just stuck with yeah the, the simple theme and just made changes down the track. Yeah, so, there's always
0: learnings though, aren't there? Yeah, and before yeah. you launch a website, I think you think of it a little bit like print and so you think it really does need to be perfect or, or as perfect as I can make it before I want mm. to launch because otherwise – people will get the wrong idea or it won't guide them or whatever, rather mm. than I guess now in hindsight I know that I'd rather plop it up and make it live and then just start adjusting it from there because you almost need customers to be going through it to start seeing where they're having issues in order to where exactly. to make the changes.
1: Yeah, they become your testers basically. Yeah, exactly. So,
0: so that was probably the biggest learning curve. Um, and then what about products? I mean, uh, you know, let's talk sex toys. Like, how how, how did you find them? What we, <laughs> did you test them all? And and then you know, I I guess how do you sort of get the, the whole e-commerce bit working?
1: Well, okay. So just going back to toys because that's made me chuckle. <laughs>
0: I know. I saw. <laughs> it,
1: it's like I have this saying: "So much honey, such little time." <laughs> um.
0: So that's been your favourite bit, is that fair to say?
1: Oh, the product research investment time has been fabulous. Um, yes. My skin, I'd have to say my skin was the best I'd ever seen at Jules. It was lovely and smooth <laughs> from all of the pleasuring and orgasms. Let's get the word out there. Yeah, absolutely. Orgasm. Intercourse. Bring it on. Penis in vagina <laughs> is not the standard of sex. Um, it's just one, what, what do you mean by been, that?
0: It's just one of the ways. Exactly. Uh, A lot of
1: the media and um, if you look in um, television shows and so forth, they pretty much always represent the sexual act as being penis and vagina or the woman achieving orgasm with no foreplay. Yeah, right. So, um...
0: And we um, all know um, that's rubbish. No, that's (laughs) (laughs) right. I mean, if you get... I don't think there'd be very many women at all that would be up for it without the foreplay. No,
1: um... So with um, product selection, I spent a lot of time doing my due diligence online, looking at other reviews, the manufacturers, looking at the materials that they've used. Um, I also connected with um, a very good supplier here in Australia, who, which I learnt, was the the woman. Here we go. another woman. Yes, what a who surprise. created, who created this warehouse. She lived with a disability. Wow. Okay, so she has sadly since passed, but as soon as I heard that story, I knew that the supplier was the right relationship yes. for me to have, even though they don't stock every brand that i that I want to have, their values and the way they do business with me.
0: It's so close. aligned. It's more important.
1: Yep. Yeah. So so going back to my model of business, I do drop shipping.
0: Right. What does means, that mean?
1: Okay. Which means I don't actually stock and hold the product myself. Right. My warehouse is in Sydney and the supplier is sending out the shipping for me from that warehouse. Okay. Because so the actually, other
0: understanding I have of drop shipping is that you buy um, – a pallet load of something overseas and then it is delivered directly into the retail store without or without you having to see it warehouse it and so it avoids the warehousing which of course is I guess is yes. exactly the same it is for you you're avoiding the warehousing yeah. yeah you just they exactly. so they they do the fulfillment you just send them the orders and tell them where exactly. to send them right
1: that's right so obviously the pricing of products the fulfillment that they are, that they're providing me is in the pricing model so it, it's a balancing act whether or not one day i go down the track of actually holding some product lines to reduce that and increase my margins
0: so so but, we'll talk to me about that because that's quite interesting so what how much do they charge you what percentage do they charge you to hold to do that for you
1: um well there's no actual percentage it's just included in their rate and And I'm not privy to the breakdown of of the pricing structure at their end. I do pay um, a courier fee, obviously. Yeah. And, um. But
0: you think that the wholesale price is higher, which would make sense.
1: Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, because, you know, when you think about it, I'm paying them to, to store, receive, collect, the, Any the returns would go back to them as well right? Um, to pack and send and so forth. So But
0: also what it does is it creates a great a low barrier to entry for you because you don't exactly. need to find a warehouse. You've been able to set up an online store with all your products without needing warehouses, bricks and mortar store or practically anything else. I mean, it's just – so I love it. It's just such a, a great um, – It's just so great for anyone really to be able to set up these kind of online stores and and see if they can make it. And then really it just becomes, have you found a niche that, that, you know, people really want? And so what have you found?
1: Um, Well, there is a need for older people to talk about sexuality. Right. Um, The education around sex for people growing up in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, even to a degree probably the 80s and 90s was not high so, um, there's that aspect of people discovering their sexuality later in life. Yep. Whether, whether that be because they want to revamp their relationship, their marriage,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or they've gone through, um, an event such as divorce or they're now a widow or widower. Yeah. And it's, it's new beginnings for them in, in every aspect. So that's pretty much, I Good guess, life. the general consensus that i'm coming across yeah and can i just go back to the drop shipping and another sure. advantage of drop shipping jewels apart from you know the logistics of not having to set up a retail store and organize your own warehousing and insurance and so forth not having that responsibility enables you to focus on building your community
0: and marketing and
1: and your presence yeah Okay, because that's the difference,
0: really. Right. So, which then leads that what the perfect segue for you to tell us how you did get the word out? Because obviously, I know you did PR, and you did a brilliant job of it. So, on the day you launched, what happened?
1: Okay, well, I popped up <laughs> in the Sydney Morning Herald and all the major nationals. That was amazing.
0: Um, was well, so it? Was quite big articles too. And what was the headline? It was.
1: Yes, uh, I I mean, I don't know physically where it was and it wouldn't have gone into print, I suppose, but digitally, it's a fantastic
0: photo of me. I look absolutely gorgeous.
1: And if you want to see it, but it was was a
0: clever angle, wasn't it? Something like, um, when the sixties were all about peace, love, and whatever, but actually, name when you much. get to your sixties, or we are the children of that, and what, what was it? Can you remember?
1: It was about the sexual revolutions happening, but again, but there's no education or, or little education about yeah, it. Right. So it was good that they picked it up, and it also went across into starts at sixty, yeah, which is a di- you know digital website focusing on that community,
0: That's so and
1: I ended up having a couple of articles in there which. Gave me a really big uptake. Yeah, I bet. But my biggest um, PR uptake was um, was two two articles. Mama Mia reached out to me about uh, living in a sexless marriage, which is a big part of my story as a woman and the growth and, of my journey and so forth.
0: Well, we might and touch on that after, after this. So, um, but mm-hmm. yeah, so so Mama Mia was a big one, which it, it always is actually because it's just got such a huge community yeah. of women. I look, I picked up about 3,000 hits on my website within a couple of days. Amazing. And then what sort of conversion rate do you get from 3,000 hits? Would you get like, oh, I knew you'd. No, well, I don't want to tell you. I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot. So you can tell me to rack off as well. But otherwise, I guess I'm thinking, I mean, I think. I can't give you a percentage. No, but but roughly, like, would there be five or 10 sales out of that or would more? I did actually, about five
1: sales, and I had about 10 or 12 people sign up. On yeah, my right. list, on the back of just that one appearance, and that was just through um, their social channels. That, that it's article. amazing
0: how validating it is when you start getting those sales coming through, and you go, "Okay, oh, definitely. thank God, <laughs> I did make the right decision." <laughs> can
1: I? Can we segue into Pinterest? Yeah, sure. Because that's been yeah, another. Yeah, we can
0: segue wherever you like. So oh, to, great. Let's okay, talk let's, about, let's talk about how you've got it out there. So, talk, talk sure. about Pinterest.
1: Okay. Pinterest, I've known about Pinterest for years, but I've never actually participated in it either just you know, t- to look at things. Um, and then it was that day we had the, um, the PR uh, So we have uh, the PR, We have
0: a PR mentoring session, That's don't it. we, every week. Yes, and, and there the is lovely a Naomi. Naomi Lambert, who runs the Call to be Kind project. Mm told us that she was getting amazing results from Pinterest. And we all went, God, is that website even happening? And who would even look at it? I just thought it was funny little people who like knitting or graphic design and putting up photos. And then she and you, well, she started talking about it and you gave it a go and came back the next week and went, oh, my God. Yeah. So tell know. us.
1: <laughs> um, look, I'm just going to pull up some sure, stats sure. for a second. But – um. But here we go you know that's another benefit of women coming together and sharing their knowledge because um, I know from Pinterest I saw a leap in my website visits and a couple of sales and but sign ups more than anything right so, and what are they
0: signing up to a newsletter or something? Oh, uh, my newsletter yep. cycle
1: so So now I signed up to Pinterest around the first of March
0: this year. This year. So really, what, three weeks before the pandemic? But already things starting to get a bit weird for people? Yes.
1: So my total audience during that time has just been about 15, just over 15,000 people. Wow. Okay. And out of that, and look, I really don't know about the comparisons here on conversions and engagement, but about 1,200 have been engaged. Wow. So the audience is, you know, where it's, popped up in someone's feed, yep. but the engagement is when people start clicking and coming into and looking and so forth. So, um, yeah, absolutely chuffed with Pinterest. Yeah, and and need you get to good spend-
0: spikes on your website. So, do you have analytics yes. on your website to show that they're coming through?
1: Yes. So Amazing. So, pretty chuffed with that and um, I really actually need to invest a bit more time
0: To push it further. You know, thinking about it, though, and I'm only thinking out loud, in some ways that's not surprising because if there was anything that I associated with um, Pinterest, it was arts and crafts and collectors Mm. and a lot of those are older people, aren't they? That's right. So really that's a great one for you and your market.
1: It is because they're not on Instagram. Facebook, yes, but I'm finding my Instagram market is – the twenty-five to thirty-five um, demographic.
0: Yeah, which 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 is great, but it's sort of not tapping into what you want. So the um, radio is probably is a, a good one. Have you done any radio interviews? Do you get spikes? No, from
1: that? I haven't actually.
0: It would be and interesting. On- I think particularly late-night radio is very good for for older people who aren't able to sleep in the same way, and they can probably talk about more things like sex at night as well. I could so, regale them all my stories. You could tell them all your stories with your dulcet tones. But anyway, let's just get back to business a little bit now. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Now, you've named a couple of women that have helped you along the way, and I guess I could ask you the question that I normally ask people, which is are there any yeah. women that specifically that have helped you along the way? But I think it might be nice for us to just have a little chat more about the community of women and how supportive they are in general and what a sort of brains trust, and I only know that from my own community and your engagement with that on She's the Boss and with um, Hand of Your Own PR, that it it is very female-dominated and there's just a lot of nurturing and um, advice-giving and, you know, let me help you and, oh, I tried to do that and it didn't work, try this other way, it works better, that kind of thing. Is that what you have found all the way through? Definitely. There's
1: one particular group that I joined which is where I came across you, Jules. Right. And that was the Lady Startup group on Facebook. Oh, Mia Friedman's group. Yeah. Yes. So I never actually joined up the coaching session that they have and I never actually dealt with anything, anyone directly from Lady start-up Startups. But <clears throat> being in that community, you are with other women who were walking the same path, and yes. we're all at different journeys. Yeah. So it was a great starting point for me to when I first needed to learn about the business basics, you know, getting a name sorted, company structure, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Then when I needed to know more about social media, how how to um, do stuff on Instagram, um, <clears throat> how to manage, um my content, Canva, you know, just yeah. that was the best starting point that I've ever experienced. And I I did join some other groups as well, but I just found the um, the atmosphere in Lady Startups was really
0: warm. Warm. Yeah, I would have said almost that. Almost loving as uh, well. Yeah, I guess I should just say as an aside that I have been part, I've been the sort of like PR mentor for Mia Friedman's Lady Startup course for the last year or so. I don't think I'll be doing very much of it going forward. I think I'm just kind of growing <clears> my own little community now. But it, it is a really nurturing group. And I and I, I talk about this a bit and people say, oh my God, Jules, you're so deluded and where have you been? But I do find that being in a group of women who are all in the same position is incredibly empowering and that they mm. are very generous, like just people are very honest about the problems they're having and asking for help and, you know, I've just done my website or I've got a logo, is this a good Mm. one or, you know, how do I find a supplier for X? Those Mm. sorts of things go on all the time and and people jump in and help. And, I mean, one of the other groups that that was fabulous in the early days, I think it's got a bit big and the trolls have come in now, but that's Like-Minded Bitches Drinking Wine, Mm. which is a Facebook group. <coughs> and the women in there in the early days, certainly you. And I remember saying this to my boyfriend. Um, it's a, it amazes me that you'll have a woman. So say, for instance, you've set up your business and you just haven't had any sales for ages, and you're starting to get really depressed. These women are very, very honest about how they're feeling. So they come on and they go, "I set up my website, you know, a month ago. I haven't had any sales. Can you all go on and have a look and tell me?" you know, if there's anything you can see. And women will do that. But the interesting thing to me is not only do they offer advice, but in a lot of cases they go and purchase. Have you noticed that? And it happened for a friend of mine with a laundry brand and we put up a post saying she's got $15,000 worth of stock and she really needed to sell it. And 279 women went on and purchased. Gosh, maybe I should try that. (laughs) You should. It's called Red Star and it's fabulous. But it wasn't that. For me, it was more I remember saying... To my partner, I don't know any other sites other than women's groups that this happens. I don't reckon blokes could go, oh, I'm really stuck. I don't know what to do. No one's bought from my site. And all these guys are going, don't worry about it, mate. We'll go and buy some products for you. I just don't think it happens like that. No.
1: And my theory, Jules, is that women, we're comfortable with being, well, sorry, that's probably not quite the right way to start it. We're used to being vulnerable in many different ways. Yeah. Okay. And um, we're more open to sharing that and we're more open to receiving help. Yes. And more open for receiving feedback. So um, So if anyone listening to your podcast today would like to help support a woman in her 50s who set out to start a business to build her financial future because after a divorce and health, I don't have, I'm not rolling in money. Then please visit the com and um,
0: have some fun. Help yourself with a vibrator or something. <laughs> exactly. So, can you tell me some of the pivotal moments along the way? Have you had any other? Obviously, the, the launch was a huge success. Because you did get a whole lot of media love, but mm. were there any big disasters that have happened that you know that you thought, God, why am I even doing this? Yes. <laughs> Can you tell <laughs> it? Would you? Are you up for sharing it? You don't have to. Yes. But-
1: yes, I am. Uh, I'm never scared to share. Um. Well, look, you know, Touchwood. Thankfully, I've never had any issues technically with the website. Yeah. So I've never had downtime. But I have wondered, and I'm going to swear, what the fuck would I do if my website fell over? So I do have peace of mind in that the company that I went with, they are strong in that regard, technically. You know, their support is pretty good. So, But in the last six months since Christmas, six months into my business journey, we had the devastating fires in Australia.
0: Oh yeah! So we're talking and about that, the bushfires last Christmas. Yes, yes absolutely um, awful, hideous, terrifying. Exactly. Um, and, uh, and and for I anyone really who might started... be, sorry for anyone who might be listening outside of Australia, might- mind you, I think it hit the global news pretty quickly. But it was literally thirty eight percent of New South Wales, or something. But the whole mm. east coast of Victoria went up in flames, pretty much mm. between what, sort of September last year until end of January, early February Mm. this year. It was horrific.
1: Mm. So to see that loss of life and loss of animals and flora flora and fauna um, and the image of the people at, I think it was Malakuta, sheltering on the beach, I just felt, um, (laughs) why am I doing this business Right. What's the point of it? It just felt pointless. It
0: just feels frivolous sometimes, doesn't it? Does, it? Sort yes, of like Here we are talking how, about life and death, and I'm talking sex toys.
1: Exactly. H- how could I be talking about sex? Um, so, and then another lady in my uh, horizon that I follow, and I'm a huge fan of her. Right. As I think you are as well, and that's the the um, the fantastic Kate Toon.
0: Oh my god, yes, I've only discovered Kate in the last six oh, months. Okay. I love her.
1: I love Kate. I would turn for Kate. Kate, if you're listening.
0: <laughs> She's coming <laughs> on as one of my guests oh, in a couple there of weeks. You go. I'm a <laughs> favorite her stalker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kate wrote this fantastic piece about how to conduct your business during this disaster. Right. And it just gave me courage to be myself.
0: Yeah.
1: I wanted to acknowledge what was happening. Um, because when I first started the business, Jules, I decided I'm not going to be political. I just want people to come enjoy my product range, enjoy what I write, but not be ramming my views and values down their throats. Right. So, um, so the fires were difficult, but, um, so that, I adapted to that yep. and I uh, thank uh, is, Kate is,
0: Tune. Is there an insight into what did, what did Kate say or what did you do that made you get through um, that? Look,
1: I can, there is a link available which I can send you to put on to your podcast show links. Um,
0: but just pray see it for me. Like what uh, was she basically look, was, saying? Have no shame. It's okay. Go and help. Recognise.
1: Exactly. Acknowledge your feelings. It's Okay to put it out there, it's okay to still be in business. Yeah. You still need to make a living. Obviously, don't do a marketing uh, campaign that goes on the back of the fires for your benefit.
0: Yes, okay, there which, were. Were there, I'd forgotten about that. There were people going out saying bushfire special, you know, blah, 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 which was yeah. highly inappropriate and got trolled a lot by people. Yeah. So I put together
1: an offer for people where I really wanted to give um, a discount to people in those areas should they want to stock up on their products that they lost. Yeah. And I thought, what's the fairest way that I could do this? And I just happened to Google um, postcode disaster, and the ATO has a list of postcodes affected in those disaster oh, zones. the disaster areas, right? Yeah.
0: So, so I wrote an article about that. So, um, it was just horrific. I actually had a really close friend who they were in some of the worst, um, just near Mogo, so on the coast of mm. New South Wales. And it just, even to this day, I think what was so awful was that you, they'd, everyone who was up there was so exposed for so long because the bushfires would go out and then they'd spark up again. Mm. You know, there must have been three or four times that my friends ended up in evacuation centres for two or more nights. Mm, because mm. you know, get out! The fires are coming. I mean, how you, the stress levels for that? Yeah. I mean, it was so stressful to watch. To be part of it would have been horrific. It and was. then, I mean, well, let's sort of dance along. So the next thing is Queensland had floods, and that was followed very, very soon afterwards. Well, it was happening in the background anyhow. By but, but but by the pandemic isolation period. That's right. So along came COVID. Talk about talk about triple whammy.
1: Yes, yeah, so that did put a bit of a mocker on everything again. And
0: um, and even more, I felt even more in this time because it was so obvious that hundreds if, of thousands, if not millions of people were watching mm, their businesses go down the gurgler. Exactly. And thinking, I don't know how I'm going to feed my children, that it was really mm. hard. I saw a lot of activity on social media about is it cool to even sell right now? What should we be mm, doing? Mm.
1: That's right. So – Having gone through the experience of the fires, I decided I wouldn't stop my sales campaigns. Yeah. Um, I think I put up a couple of, um, uh, I guess, humorous posts. So I, I did, I found a picture of this gorgeous nonna Yeah. <laughs> flick it, flipping the bird. <laughs> <laughs> so I threw that up like basically, get fucked COVID. Yeah, good That's on you. That's what we all want to say. Um, but the seriousness of it is still with me. Um, and also in my day-to-day, my darling partner started working from home and my stepdaughter, who was with us week on, week off, was schooling from home as well. And so I would be in my day job. I'm so glad I had a job to go to just yes. to get out of the bloody house. So for three days a week, I would toddle off to work and then – come back Thursday, Friday and on the weekend and have these two people lurking around the house, moping around the house. Well, I think basically. that's been the
0: challenge for so many for many all the people way through is to be forced to spend that much time with people all the time with no relief. <laughs> mm, exactly. It doesn't matter how much you love them, it can just start yeah. wearing you down.
1: Yeah. So in that Jules, on that wearing you down, I I found for myself through March and April my mental health took a dive down right? and I can I live with anxiety and depression which has been part of my life journey for about 15 20 years now and it's something I talk about I'm not scared to talk about it it it's actually strengthened and improved my life yeah because it changes your perspective um, I've certainly had access to great counselors I take medication which help as well but I had to make that decision, what do I focus on? Do I keep the business and work and push hard during this time or pull back a little bit and just do, Just do the basics? Yeah. And I chose that path and I'm so glad I did because I'm still here, my family is still together and my business is still there as well. So I, I would say to any woman, always pay attention to your mental health and don't put yourself last. Absolutely. Really don't put yourself and, last.
0: And it's just so endemic in us, isn't it, that we don't put mm. ourselves first. We, we, And, I mean, you don't even have to put yourself first. You just need to give yourself, put yourself on an equal footing with those you love even. And, exactly. and what yeah. you say to them. All right. Well, look, let's move a mm. little bit away from some of the personal stuff yes, and yes, go back to business. Now, uh, how do you juggle work and life? What sort of hours do you work on the business?
1: All right. Well, I've thinking about that earlier so in that lead up time in the last I'd say the two months prior to going live yeah I would have been pulling 12 hour days yeah I bet okay so um
0: I was still on leave from my um employer but you get up at nine in the morning or whatever time it is (laughs) and you work through a 12 hour and you go oh my god where did that where did the day go
1: I was actually pretty much working 9am to 9pm Yeah. I'm not an early bird morning. I'm not one of these people who freaking gets up at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, does their yoga, does their writing, does their bloody meditation. That ain't me. No,
0: you're the other end of the day. So (laughs) what sort of hours are you working now to run the business? Right,
1: well, now I'm sort of in maintenance mode. I actually don't do much Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Right. I spend Thursday, Friday and Saturday doing my content um, I love programs such as Planoli, I hope I pronounce that correctly or HootSuite so that you can schedule right. your content okay so yes, you're not, yes not being there to to do it live all the time. Um, I'm pretty much monitoring emails and sales on a daily basis and if things get busy then I've got my partner as a backup to process orders so or I'd say you know give or take 20 to 25 hours a week still and
0: then on top of that you're working you're still working part time in employed yes. work aren't you so that's right. all right so that's great to know now i am going to just have a little bit of fun with you so the first thing is <laughs> is there a quirky fact you can think of that most people don't know about you but that you're but that's still okay for you to share
1: <laughs> uh, yes i'm a woman who puts who's not scared to put her sexuality out there and talk about my history and all that sort of stuff but essentially I am a gregarious hermit
0: (laughs) what a great you know I love the word gregarious and a gregarious hermit is a great (laughs) a, a great combo so what you're basically saying is that you're pretty outgoing but you like being outgoing from home
1: Exactly, and I'm happy in my own company as and, well.
0: And so really the pandemic in a lot of ways I think just has, is absolutely perfect for gregarious pa- gregarious <laughs> hermits because you can be social and you don't have to leave home. Exactly. Well said. Yeah, great. Okay, and now just a, a little sort of wind up before the end. On mm. your phone, what are the two most useful apps outside of banking? I'm not interested in So too many people uh. said, oh, my banking app, and I'm like, nah, nah, wanna <laughs> no, no, I want to know.
1: Anything oh, you well, use
0: for business? Obviously Canva, yes. or do you do Canva on your laptop?
1: No, I prefer, much prefer Canva on my desktop. I've okay. tried doing it on my phone, and it—I, it's just too difficult. Oh, I only um, do it
0: on my phone. Isn't that oh, funny? Gosh, I never no. do it on the desktop.
1: No, I've got a 24-inch monitor, my keyboard, and a mouse. So I don't want to, you know.
0: Yeah. So, finger, okay, finger so what app? Sorry, I, I okay. interrupted you by projecting All right. when that's not so the right So definitely one. Receipt Bank. Receipt bank, fabulous. Yes, I use that yes. as well. So that integrates okay. with Xero and you can take exactly. photos of your receipts.
1: And my other one is Bonjoro, which oh, is B-O-N-J-O-R-O. Yeah. And what that does, it lets me record a video yeah. a message to to anyone. And I use it to greet my new customers who sign up or a new person who has just oh, bought with me for the first time. So,
0: you know, I only do like a 30-second... Yeah, just, hi, um, thanks, I see you bought something, hope you enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've I've had that from a couple of people after I bought things and I thought, wow, I can't believe they've taken the time out to actually send me a video. So, I think it's really effective.
1: It is. It's fantastic.
0: And And the good thing is, it's free. Yeah. Well, the,
1: the version I'm using is free and the customer doesn't need to download any other software to watch and they can reply back to me in that... And you also get can look at your stats about how many times they've watched it and so forth.
0: Oh, so, so I, but what is it? B-O-N-J-O-R-A did you that's say? That's it. Yeah, yeah. bonjour. Okay. O-R-O. O-R-O. And mm. last but not least, are you a candy crush woman? Are you a words <laughs> with friends? Have you got a fun app you like to do in your personal time?
1: Okay. When I need downtime to actually relax my brain, yeah. My go-to is YouTube. I look for animal videos. In particular, I
0: watch gorillas. Oh, you're a gorilla video woman. I never mm-hmm. would have picked that for And you.
1: cats. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is so funny. That's great. Well, listen, thank you so much for doing this interview, Susan. It's been fascinating. And I think because I, ha- I speak with a lot of women who have very established businesses, it's nice to talk to you and hear of something that's quite new and how you set it up because it's all so fresh for you. So I really appreciate you spending the time and thank you. It's been great. Thanks, Jules. Always
1: love catching up with you next time. Hopefully I can get from Queensland to Melbourne
0: and we'll I'll be there for one of your ladies' lunches. Oh, that would be fantastic. Although I have to say, I don't know whether I'm ever going to bother going back into real life. I love the, I love the Zoom one so much, but I will have yeah. to at some stage, I'm sure. I'll
1: try to get there tomorrow.
0: <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. No problem. I hope you've enjoyed this She's the Boss chat episode. It was great to have you here. If you want to stay in touch, you might also like some of the other things that we've got going on with She's the Boss. Firstly, I've got the She's the Boss show, which is on Ticker TV. Now, you can watch that either on tickertv.com.au or you can download the Ticker app from any of the app stores. So Apple and Android, and they've got an app that is for your phone, for your iPad or tablet and for the smart TV. Or you could join us for our free Zoom lunches for female founders that we hold online. The best way to do any of these things really is go to shes the boss.com.au and on there you can register for the lunches and I've also got links to the website. So, either way, I hope you've enjoyed it. I'm really enjoying digging down and getting down to the nitty-gritty with these women and I hope you'll join me for the next episode.